All right, how's it going? Welcome everyone to this week's version of the Roundtable. Um, yeah, I'm here with Jeff, and we got some stuff to talk about this morning. What, we do. What do you got on your mind? <laughs> I feel like, is this confession time? <laughs> Should I have a little drape right here or something? No, not a confession time, totally. Here, here's what happened. Um, we got really close to the Easter week, the Holy Week, you know, the a week that we should be preparing God's people to truly focus on and celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection. And along the way came uh, this advertisement or whatever for this Christian book with all sorts of different contributors. And I read some excerpts and we got like kind of the deal of the century to be able to give them to everybody in our church family. And half of those contributors are like old dead guys that I just think the world of and read all their stuff. So it just seemed like, oh, what a great idea. Click, click, click. Let's hurry. Let you know, talk mm-hmm. to the couple of different guys around. Anyway. Um, and then read it. <laughs> after, or then, or after, then, or then I read it. Yeah, you read it. I read it and texted Jeff and was like, hey, about this book you gave us oh. for Holy Week. We tried to sit down and read it as a family. And <sighs> yeah. yeah. And then Teresa was <laughs> Teresa said, well, just don't have it available. I'm like, Teresa, it's out. It's in everybody's hands. It's not pull it off the shelves. It's like feathers in the wind, man. Yeah. A... Anyway, here, here was what God did in my, in my soul as I thought about that. First, embarrassment, just as a human. I'm embarrassed that, that I, I don't know if I've ever actually recommended a book to an individual without having first read it. Well alone. <laughs> <laughs> bought, you know, hundreds of copies and, and compelled hundreds of people to read it. Um, along the way, though, here's what I'd say. Um, a, I'm an imperfect man, imperfect leader in an imperfect church. And this is one more example. You're in the where, right place. I'm in the right place. <laughs> That's why I was glad. I'm like, this is so great. I'm excited for so this fail. I, I'm actually, in a strange way, looking forward to owning it to our Veritas family this Sunday because um, I made a foolish decision. That's all, you know what I mean? And just own it and don't, don't try to massage that or manipulate that. Just own that, it, it say exactly what happened and, and what you believe to be true. And I totally trust God's people. If, if they want to read the whole, it's not like the whole thing is terrible. There are just things in it that would cause me to be reluctant to actually pass that out broadly, especially, right? And so um, I, I actually thought of a couple different passages. One is at the end of First Thessalonians 5, where he says, hey, don't... Well, yeah, do you have it right Yeah, there? yeah, okay. Um, because he's talking about prophecy, just as we are... The, the other passage is 1 Corinthians 14, but in uh, First yeah. Thessalonians... Yeah, read yeah. that part of... Yeah, it says... Um, so in this end, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the spirit. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. And it's interesting because the word for evil there is like refuse. Uh, get, get rid of it. Kind of mm-hmm. In other words... We should sift through. That's, that's the word that he uses. We should sift through everything that we're reading. Every mm-hmm. prophecy, just again, like 1 Corinthians 14. Sift through everything and be discerning. And hold, but hold on to that which is good and, and just let go of the evil. And so, yeah, if people want to read every page of that whole book, 
I totally trust that the spirit is within them and they can Ooh. figure out how to discern their way through it. I'm not afraid of it, right, in that mm -hmm. sense. And so I'm just saying, yeah, I probably would take some things away from some of those works or at least want to have some dialogue to challenge some of those things. Um, that's a good example of First Thessalonians mm -hmm. 5. I don't either have to fully accept everything in that book or burn it and reject it in totality. And you know so that's I mean? where some people listening might be like, oh, what's the book and what, what did they say? What's so controversial? Yeah. And I, I guess I would say it almost, well, you can, I, it, yeah, they, you can show it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just this book right here. Suffering it's and Glory. It's called Suffering and Glory, yeah. Yeah. Meditations for Holy Week and Easter. It's not even, oh, let's walk through all the issues and no. tell you what you should think about it. It's more just the... Um, discernment of yeah. I think the the opportunity to um, encourage people with the first Thessalonians 5 totally yeah if you're gonna read through it um, just be discerning and and take the good like chew, yeah. like uh, eat the meat and spit out the bones right right which it's, goes along with the passage you're actually teaching mm -hmm. this week because he says an almost identical thing in first Corinthians 14 where he says um, and the prophets spirits are subject to the prophets. What he's saying there in the greater context is in the gathered church, somebody can't just claim the name prophet, stand up and broadly say anything they want to say because, oh, I'm a prophet, you can't challenge me. No, no, no. Paul's saying the opposite. The spirit by which you're bringing those words and the truths themselves mm. are actually to be discerned by the other prophets to be able to say, ah, mm. oh, actually, that's not true, right? So there's supposed to be just discernment mm. and and a filtering going on constantly because all of us as humans can throw in the human element that can actually kind of pollute the pure truth of the word. And our goal as teachers of the Bible should always be to be as transparent as possible mm. so that the truth of God is what's coming through loud and clear. And if that ever ceases to happen, or especially if we start taking the truth and, and damaging it, you know, vandalizing it, mm -hmm. somebody's got to throw the caution flag or the red flag, you know, you're, say, no, 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 you're, I'm, you're helping me preach my sermon this week. I'm writing down <laughs> these notes for my sermon on Sunday. Actually, this is the timing of this is really good for this yeah. passage because Paul's saying, um, I'm thinking of my sermon as being like, uh, it's still in the developmental phase, yeah, but, yeah. but, but just the idea of if you wanted to destroy community, here's four easy steps. And one of them I'm thinking is don't subject your opinions to church authority. Like right. that part of the idea of what Paul's saying is there part of having order in the church is that there are a group of people yeah. that are tasked with protecting doctrine. Totally. And every wind of teaching that comes through, um, yeah. And all these opinions, you know, there's there is a way to be ordered in the church where there's doctrine right. and there's the, you know, the spirit of the prophets subject to the prophets. Because we're to guard sound doctrine as elders, as pastors. That's our job is to guard, protect sound doctrine. So I, mm. it, it, if you're hearing too much merriment in me, I don't want to make light of that. I do feel like in a serious way, I let down my guard. I didn't protect mm -hmm. the flock well enough. Thankfully, in this book, it's more at the level of like application of the truths. And so they're it's a little easier to be like, I, I wouldn't apply it that way. I think that might be a misapplication. There's nothing just fully heretical or I would be having a very different posture at this yeah. point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I also want to say this. 
part of what is the ache in my soul for having done it is that what I really wanted was to help God's people prepare to celebrate Jesus Christ. Mm. It, I thought based on, you know, the advertisement and the, the list of authors, especially the, the last half of the book, um, would just do that remarkably. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably the bigger, I don't want this to be a distraction to people. I don't want people suddenly kind of going down these tributaries of cultural moments and different things mm-hmm. and really miss what is to be the focus of Holy Week is a direct gaze at Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and risen again. Like I, I don't want to distract yeah. people in this moment. Yeah. And so that's maybe yeah. the big, not so much that there's terrible, unholy things in it. It's just cluttering yeah. Yeah. what I had hoped would be the yeah. result of the book. So. so one of the things we say at Veritas all the time is if you love Veritas Church, you know, you've been coming and maybe it's, it's better than the church you grew up in or experienced and you just love, you love Veritas Church. If you love Veritas, just give us time. We will disappoint you. That's and, the and one it's guarantee. My it's, it's my turn. It's my turn to disappoint yeah, we, everybody. And so what we're saying is, oh man, that was a bummer. And, uh, but, but it's not, yeah, it's like there's, and there's more where that came from. And so we'll, we'll own it. <laughs> and there's forgiveness in Christ. Ultimately, yeah. that's what I love. I, I love that. Normally, I have kind of a prohibitive conscience. I can be too much of a people pleaser. So this kind of thing. In fact, even Teresa this morning says, you doing okay? As if, you know, because I would be crippled with, oh, guilt, embarrassment. Uh, I would, I'm glad to say that's not true of my soul. I want to own it, step into the light, help our people understand what I did and how they can move forward in this. But it's not, yep. The dam has not broken. We're not all, you know, yeah. in peril right yeah. now. So I think it's an encouragement to you if you're listening, watching, or whatever, that you're, it's actually our failure that qualifies us to be Christians. Yeah. And it's, that's something that Drew Stevenson uh, up at Salt City always, always would say. And that was such an encouragement. Uh, even though this isn't like a, a sin or massive mm-hmm. fail, I, I guess I mm-hmm. want to also temper your, you know, Oh man, we failed. It's it, this because to me, it's an opportunity for us. Number one, to own it. Also, uh, maybe if you're reading the book, uh, just to discern through it, and right. and that'll be good too to to kind of filter, um, just like the scripture teaches us um, from First Thessalonians five, and and it's an opportunity for it to become a mm. point in my sermon this week, and so all that. <laughs> Give and, me a sermon. So, and and here's the thing too. I would say at the end of each chapter, they've got like these scripture passages. That are just obviously they're marvelous and, yeah. and they really do they're apt for Holy Week. So along the way, there's one really solid part of this book, and that is all these beautiful passages that they're saying yep. from the scriptures, you know, yeah. to read. So I'm like, yeah. hey, even if you don't understand or don't prefer everything else, hey, go to the book. Yep. <laughs> go to the go to it's the great. Bible. It's you know? great. Why don't uh, can you pray for us? Yeah. Pray us out. And we're going into Holy Week, uh, Palm Sunday this mm-hmm. this week, and I think what a time for us to prepare our hearts and reflect on what Christ has done. So, yeah, yeah, I'd love yeah. to. Yeah, Jesus, we, we really do want you to be the focus. And so my sincere apology to you, Jesus, if I have um, just inhibited a pure devotion to you, a pure look and gaze at the cross, and then, of course, gloriously, that empty tomb. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But Lord, um, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. I love that promise from Romans 5 that we can't out your ability to over-grace it. And uh, so you, you stand poised when, when we confess our sins, confess our weakness, confess even our blunderings. Um, you are eager. You're immediately poised to forgive, to restore, and uh, to turn things right side up when we turn them upside down. So that's the kind of God that you are, the kind of Savior that, that we worship. And so thank you for yet one more opportunity to glory in the cross. And uh, we love you, Jesus. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. Have a great week, and we will see you next time.